What's up, everybody? This is John Carlos from the Total Body Training Podcast, and I have my special guest. Would you like to introduce yourself? Sure. My name is Tony Marinucci. I'm a registered dietitian. Awesome. And so, Tony. Excited is... to be here. Yes, I'm <laughs> excited to have you. And today, we're going to be talking a little bit about nutrition, health, um, your life, and that sort of stuff. Real quick, today's episode is brought to you by Carbohydrates. Tony, my favorite carb or my carb of the day is mm, I gotta think about mine. Uh, my oh, favorite so carb of the day is the French fry. That's my favorite carb. It oh does, my gosh, yeah, mine's a sweet potato. Okay, all right, perfect. All right, so yours is a sweet <laughs> potato. Any way you like yours cooked? Uh, baked. Okay, you like yours baked. Do you season <laughs> it? Oh, no, I'm no, that's okay. Sweet potato. Okay, what was that? No, bore, I'm super boring. Okay. Because baked potatoes naturally are sweet. I think they're delicious on their own. I don't think you need to add anything. You can if you want to, but mm-hmm. I generally enjoy a nice big, fresh, big sweet potato. Okay. All right. You're hearing it from uh, <laughs> the nutritionist herself. Yeah. So you like it. <laughs> All right, Tony. So we're going to go ahead and get started. Uh, we're just going to talk a little bit about you and what you do. So, you know, tell everybody about what you do right now. Sure. Um, as a registered dietitian, I provide online nutrition counseling. I specialize with people who are struggling with developing a healthy relationship with food, Mm -hmm. more more for the person who kind of knows what to do, is just not doing it, needs that accountability, but also needs guidance from a nutrition expert, and that's what I provide through my online nutrition counseling business. I also have uh, my own blog at tipswithtony.com, I have my own podcast, Tips with Tony, where I provide simple tips for people who are just getting started on a new health and fitness journey and learning the proper things that they should be eating and ways to apply it. Because we hear all these things on the news and on social media, and we see what our friends are doing. But I really try to silence all the kind of stuff that's out there and really try to get people to understand the most basic concepts of nutrition and just getting the fundamentals down so that they can then kind of grow from there. Okay. Um, and yeah, I'm trying to think of it. I also, I have my own, like, you know, I blog on Instagram and Facebook mm-hmm. and, you know, yeah. all that stuff. I love nutrition. So <laughs> yeah, anything related to it, I'm working with it. <laughs> yeah. And it's definitely obvious in the way that you speak and you communicate and your passion on your podcast and the videos that I've seen you in, that it's something that you really like. I mean, you're always smiling. Like when you're talking about it, you definitely seem like you care about people and really helping them achieve their goals. That being said, you know, where do you, do you feel that, you know, working in the industry that you're working in is your life's purpose? Uh, is do you feel or do you feel like you know go ahead on there on that yeah yeah 150% this is what I meant to do I meant to help people I always knew I wanted to help people when I was younger I didn't know it would be in the field of nutrition but through my own personal journey and recognizing the impact that it's had on my life I have a really strong connection to it and I genuinely genuinely believe that People can't live to their potential without incorporating um, healthy eating habits. So it's something I'm really passionate about, and I believe that everyone deserves to treat themselves better by eating better, and they can then see the awesome results and the awesome opportunities that come with more energy and all the things that come with healthier eating. Yeah. Yeah, of course. You know, I'm definitely a fan of that too. Like I always say that like food is almost like – like this special thing, it's almost like alchemy. If you if you take certain things, it can make you feel a certain way. If you take certain things, it can make you feel better or it can make you feel worse, you know? And sometimes the foods that we like mm-hmm. the most, sometimes we eat too much of and they don't make us feel good. And, you know, sometimes we're not all that aware of that. Um, so, yeah, yeah. So, you know, you know, that being said, can you tell us a little bit about what led to you wanting this to be your path and you finding that? Tell us a little bit about your story and, and why you ended up in the career that you're in. I think it's similar to you. I believe you mentioned, like you had said mm-hmm. to me, you know, that you grew up kind of overweight yep. and I had a similar experience. I grew up overweight and I got made fun of for my weight um, and it I, to, I didn't let people know that it got to me, but it definitely got to me, especially when I got into my teenage years and, you know, not feeling confident in my skin and not really thinking, like, I was always a tomboy. I could never, I never, I didn't have a boyfriend until I was like 18. Like, for <laughs> me, it was just like, 
one of those things that, oh, you could be your friend, but I'm not attractive because I'm, I'm like, you're, you know, mm-hmm. I don't know. Just those things are, I didn't feel like a woman, you know, and that's what I do now is I help people feel like mm. women again. Um, but r- regardless, I also was an athlete. So it was like a lot of, with the insecurities of being overweight and being made fun of, it really got to me. But I was also athletic. So I did play sports, but I felt that my weight was kind of holding me back. And I had opportunities to play on varsity at at like 14 years old, you know. Mm -hmm. So I wanted to be able to excel in those sports, but but my weight was holding me back. So I decided to change my eating habits for multiple reasons, you know, to improve better athletically, to feel better in my skin. And to my surprise, I was actually happier as a result, and I had more energy. And my grades, I was already a good student, but my grades improved. Um, There was just so many other aspects in my life that improved as a result. And then I knew I had to share that with people, and I had to get people to learn that that I found the secret. (laughs) Yeah. can heal you from the inside out. So I wanted to share that with people. Yeah, and that you know that's that's really awesome because sometimes what happens is, unfortunately, is that like some people have, you know, bad experiences, traumatic experiences, and you know it ends up becoming this thing that they get trapped inside of and ends up becoming their identity. And instead, you chose, and I, you know, I feel like you know a similar life path for myself. Like I chose to kind of be like, no, like that's not how I'm going to do things. I'm going to become a better person and now I kind of want to teach people how to become a better person or you know not a better person but you know like a more fit a more whole person it seems like that's like your overall message is that not only do you feel better when you're eating better like like physically and not only are you more proud of how you look but you're also more in touch with your sexuality you're also more focused you have a clearer mind things like that um, you know so so I want to kind of like circle back to something you said and you said something that was really interesting that I you know, you said that you felt like you were more uh, feminine. Um, you felt like you were more of a woman when you were able to take better care of your health. Can you expand on that a little bit? Yeah, I just, for my whole life, I was the tomboy. I wasn't yeah. someone that was, you know, looked at and wasn't attractive in the sense of the people that I surrounded myself with. And whether you can't really put a value on what other people think of you. Yeah. But I think that what I recognize is is that, you know, no matter what size I am, as long as I'm treating myself well, I can feel comfortable and confident. And if I know that I'm doing the right thing for my body, then I don't know, it just you start to see yourself in a different way and that confidence grows from yeah. there. Yeah. Yeah. I, I can relate to that. I mean, because I definitely would say that I didn't get the opportunity to to date the way that I think that other, you know, teenagers were dating, like, when they were younger, um, and to be a dude, you know, and hang out with chicks and stuff yeah. like that. And there's, like, in my in my story, like, there's other, other elements, like, cultural elements and stuff like that that I'm not going to go into here because this is about nutrition. But that, <laughs> that was definitely the case for me. And, like, not only that, but, like, you know, when you do – you know, maybe this did happen to you, but like when you would go on a date or when you would have like a crush on somebody or you would want to hang out with them, you would have all this self-consciousness built into your identity. Yeah, you didn't, exactly. You just, you didn't even think you were an option. No, no. You You were, yeah, you didn't, you were, you didn't even think you were an option. And then even if you did, then, then also too, it was like, if anybody gave you attention then you felt like, oh, this is going to be the only one. So now I have to give them, you know. So then you start to get into relationships with people that aren't really good for you. That's how it really cycles. And I don't think people recognize that. You know, when you don't feel confident about yourself and comfortable with yourself, you hang around people that don't really deserve your time and your energy. But you do it anyway. Yeah. Because you don't see the value in yourself. Yeah, you know, I 100% agree with that. I mean, you're more willing to tolerate other people's, and I do curse on here. I hope that's okay with you. Other people's <laughs> shit. Um, you're you're more willing yeah. to tolerate your partner's shit or with, from a bad partner, from somebody mm-hmm. who isn't considerate, who's somebody who doesn't care from you when you don't value yourself. And, you know, when that's built into like, you know, you thinking that you're less than that person and therefore that because you finally found like somebody who accepts you, 
the way that you are, um, you know, that, that alone isn't a good enough reason for you to stay with someone. And, you know, it's, it is, it is a self-sabotaging thing because like in the, in the process of that, you know, if you're looking for that person for validation, right, that person who you see has finally given you a chance, given your physical condition, you can end up never improving your physical condition. Or at least that's my case is that like, like, um, like getting to the root that does of the happen. That's true. Yeah, yeah, it, it would seem like to me um, that, that you might not be able to identify like, hey, the the real problem here with is, is like how I feel and that's what I need to fix and improve versus trying to get that from someone else. That way I can come into a relationship and, you know, be whole so that I can get in and be more stable. Um, you know, okay. is that have you seen improvements in that area in your life like since then like do you value yourself differently and do you look for th different things in like partners and stuff like that since then definitely i'm my my boyfriend today yeah. is the best man in like on the planet and i just think that in the past i probably actually i know that i had <laughs> the best guy <laughs> yeah um you know that's kind of it's part of the game. I think it's part of growing up. But I think what, going back to nutrition a little bit, it's more just about if you are eating healthy and you're exercising regularly and you're combining the two things, then you're going to, you naturally will do other things that are good for you and it'll lead you to be what I, what I encourage people to be, which is your best, the best version of you. Yeah. So if you're eating right, you're, you're exercising regularly, you're gonna to get to that point in your life. Yeah, okay, and so like, you know, that being said, like, what, is that something that you tell people when you're doing nutrition counseling, or is it purely just the nutrition side of things? Like, do you do you try to teach them those other lessons along with that, or is it just the nutrition side? Well, I always meet people where they're at. So when it comes to, you know, I am a registered dietitian, so mm -hmm. within my scope of practice, I help people with their nutrition. However, related to nutrition is behavior change and behavior modification. And yep. a lot of times it's not about what you eat, but when you eat it and how you eat it and who you eat it with. And these are all the things that I try to bring up with my clients when speaking with them is recognizing what their triggers are. You know, they might be really good Monday through Friday, but on the weekends they go off track and maybe it's because they hang out with a certain person over the weekend. Maybe it's because they're really stressed out and they need to start paying attention to more self-care. Um, maybe the weekend represents a time in their life where they were, you know, I don't know, maybe not treated so well. And so they eat to make themselves feel better. And mm -hmm. everyone's different. Everyone's different. So I, with my counseling sessions, I really go over that with the person and try to, to understand them and see where they're coming from, but also what their goal is and kind of fill the gap in between. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. You, you know, that's definitely like awesome that you go about it from that approach because it's more than just what you're eating. It's all of the things that are going on in your life. You know, if you're getting with that person who always you tend to act a certain way with or the people who are peer pressuring you, um, you know, to, to be different than what you want to be or to take you in the opposite direction of where you want to go, that can trigger all of that. And so that's definitely something that I like to converse with with my clients. Uh, you know, like that being said, you know, in terms of like, you know, like let's say that you have a client who, you know, is struggling with uh, something like stress eating, right? Mm -hmm. How do you go about that? What, what do you tell somebody who is the stress eater? How can they solve that issue? So a great question. And I'm sure a lot of people are like, give me the answer. Yeah, I know. I know. I know. Just a general, I know, I know it's such a general, I know it's like person to person. Like I, I totally get uh, no. that. Yeah. No, I, can have, I yeah. have the answer. Okay. No, yeah. Give me the answer. <laughs> no, because um, I do, I use different strategies depending okay. on the person and explore that together. But, um, okay. One thing that is really helpful is having, so I work my clients, when I work with them, I work with them for three months, mm -hmm. and we have weekly, um, either, it's usually, I prefer video counseling, so like, it's like a FaceTime account, but it's through a, through a confidential platform, yeah. like, so that way everything's kept confidential, but, um, so it's usually FaceTime, but sometimes I'll do phone with them, 
but so I talk with them every week and in between speaking with them, they have the, the confidential, it's called HIPAA. It's like a HIPAA compliant. You're familiar with HIPAA? Yep. Like, yeah. So everything's confidential. Wait, but for, for our um, people at home, can you, can you say what that is? Basically, it's just uh, it's cover it's co- covering you, making sure that all of your information is kept completely confidential. Yes, and so that way there's no breach and no one can get into it. So, like, if you believe that you know people can go into your text messages and read your text messages, like that can't happen on this site. Yes, it's HIPAA Okay, mm-hmm. um, so basically, what what I have so I have the weekly sessions with them, but then in between they're able to upload pictures of their food, chat with me on a regular basis, and just having that accountability factor and having me, they know that I'm looking at the pictures of their food. They could even sync it to their Fitbit and I can, you know, read it that way. Um, And they have to document what they're eating and what they're drinking. That mindful awareness to them, Mm -hmm. actually also, then I also have them write down, um, like, why are you eating? So are you eating because you're hungry? Are you eating because you're bored? Are you eating because you're stressed? And when you can recognize when you're eating and if we notice the pattern of this person's a stress eater, Mm -hmm. then we're able to pull back the layers and discover, okay, what's stressing you out? How can we go about this? If we have to bring in, if I have to, you know, recommend they see a therapist, they see, you know, if I have to do that, we'll do that. If I if we have to just think of other strategies for them to manage their stress, we'll do that. If I have, they have to, sometimes I might recommend, okay, you're going to eat, but at least make it a healthy option. You know, um, it really depends on the person and their goals, but there's a ton of different ways you can go about it. But the number is. Can you repeat that real quick? You broke up a little bit. Oh, sure. So there's a number of different things that we can Just the last part. Do. You said the number one, the number one? Is bringing that awareness. Okay, awesome. Yeah, yeah just... So once we know why or what, then we can just, you know, delve into it a little deeper. Yeah, yeah. And then, you know, it sounds like what you're doing is you're getting to like the root of why someone is actually doing whatever they're doing. And, right. you know, you know, so like that being said, do you find that most people just aren't really aware of why they're doing what they're doing? Or do you think that the moment that you start talking about it, they already know? I think I think we're all aware of the things that we need to change yeah. or we need to improve on. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. But unless you have somebody keeping you accountable and making you, bringing it to the forefront, you're never going to actually change it or do anything about yes, it. Yes, 100%. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I'm kind of just... I'm, I'm there for them to bring it out and then kind of hyper-focus on it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. In our, in our community at Total Body Training, for people who listen to us, we have these rules. And, you know, they're not hard, fast rules. I'm not some kind of guru. But they're, they're things that I, you know, feel that help people based on, like, my experiences. And one of them is, um, is, is uh, taking full responsibility for your actions uh, or what is it? Hold on. It, it applies this. Um, <laughs> I'm so terrible. I can't remember my own role. <laughs> but essentially, it's it's something along the lines of of. Uh, hold on. Let me let me pull it up so so we can I can just make sure I know my own stuff here. Body training rules. But essentially, it's you know I'd have to close you out, and I don't want to do that. But essentially, like um. Being okay with looking at the things that you don't like about yourself and facing yourself is really important. And unfortunately, like, you know, and you would be able to relate to this when you're overweight or like you're struggling, let's say like with addiction or, you know, with overeating or something like that, you tend to shy away from that for years and years and years. Like you never like address the fact that you do feel really uncomfortable about your body. You don't, you don't like to sit with that because it's always looming over you. So like, you know, people will, um, you know, avoid having that conversation with themselves. So like that being said, and it's because it's painful, it's painful to be, you know, like, you know, acceptant of the fact that you are struggling with your weight and struggling with your body. So like that being said, like, you know, 
you know, how do you, when, when you do have somebody who's resistant to that or somebody who maybe is a little bit more sensitive, what do you tell them? Um, you know, do you have people that get emotional sometimes, like through the process? Have you had those moments with people? Mm -hmm. Tears are, tears are very common working with the dietitian. Yeah. Tears are, they come out because what you eat has been developed over years and years and years. And like you mentioned, you don't really pay attention to it. No where you kind of just let it go under the rug and you don't bring it to the forefront. And now I, I'm messing with your food. So really what I'm messing with is that attachment. And that's what I was saying before. What I specialize is helping people develop a healthier relationship with food. Oh, and not yeah. everyone, not everyone has, you know, that a relationship with food. Some people really can just, they eat and then they went on to, they eat when they don't want to, like whether that's good or bad, but I'm not saying that's healthy or not, Yeah. but they, they don't look at food as, oh, I'm so upset. So now I'm going to eat, or they don't look at food as I just had lunch, when's dinner, like think and obsess about it. They don't think of food as, um, I, can't eat this because it's going to make me fat and therefore I can't eat anything with any bit of fat on it. You know, mm. so there's a lot of different ways that people relate to food and the way that they think about it. And my role is to, you know, let them cry it out, talk about whatever they have to talk about, but always bring it back to the food and get them to look at food as fuel and look at food as nutrition and look at food as this is either going to get me to my goal or it's going to pull me way away from my goal, which you explained, which is when we really need to fix something, we need to change something. We tend to go away from our goal, but no, I'm going to push you, but a little bit because if they're sensitive, if they're not really ready to face it, I'm not going to force anything on anyone because the second you force something on someone, you just get two bumped heads and I'm not helping them in any way. No, no. Is that something you've cultivated as you've been as you've been, um, you know, a dietitian, or was that something? Like, did you know that you were going to face that from the get go, or is that something that you learned to do through your experiences with actually talking to people and hearing their feedback? Well, I guess the expectation when you first start, like any profession, is like everyone wants to be healthy and everybody wants to know what I have to say and everyone yeah. is like so ready for my words of wisdom that <laughs> <laughs> is so not true no the, people not really don't people don't don't give a shit sometimes like, yeah, you know yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> so, okay. um i learned pretty quickly that i have to meet people where they're at yeah i can't force anyone to do anything they don't want to um i have to meet them where they're at yeah that's the only way i'm gonna get get through with that get through to them no yeah 100 percent. like i love that because for for so many people in the industry i think that sometimes when we're in this profession of like caring and trying to help people they think that it's about them and what what like hey this is my thing do my thing do my program do my nutrition plan do my workouts and you know that's definitely part of it right but like ultimately like i think what we have to do or what i'm hearing from you that i think we, we share in common is that we have to find out what they need and then meet them there and then show them how what we can do can help them so it's like we work around them to meet their needs without bending our own standards it's not that you're like you know, bending, you know, it's not that you're changing your program for that person or for everyone to their detriment. It's that you're being flexible so that you can help them improve. Mm -hmm. And, and, um, that's really important. Just like for our listeners at home, you know, uh, a really good book for business people. I know that I have some friends that are business people in regards to this and, and a book that really helped me out because Tony obviously maybe gets this more, um, is more in tune with this than myself, I think. Uh, was is How to Win Friends and Influence People by Dale Carnegie. Have you read that book? No, but I feel like I should. Oh, man. Yes, yes, you definitely should. But that book talks about how, like, ultimately, like, 
most people's um, that author come up for me before so i definitely need to read that because you're like the second time i've heard that in this week yeah you that one and how to stop worrying and start living both of those books are fantastic i think everybody should read them and that book talks a little bit about how you know people are motivated specifically by ultimately what matters to them and how most people don't understand how to tap into that. Most people, um, you know, practitioners, people are trying to help you or, or um, pushing their own idea on you instead of figuring out what you need and how they can help you, right? Um, yeah. Those are two very different things. Yeah. Okay, so like... Yeah, that's why I... No, go ahead. Yeah. Um, oh, no, I was going to say one thing that registered dietitians definitely struggle with is um, the competition out there of those people who will just like you, you the, someone comes to you know your office not you personally yeah. but yeah. like someone goes to your office and says um, I want to lose weight what do I do so you have this person over here telling them everything to do down to what to eat when to eat how much to eat but this person doesn't even know like barely eats vegetables and they're telling this person all of these things that they have to do blah 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 blah. then you have a dietitian a registered dietitian where their nutrition experts in the field it takes five years to become a registered dietitian so we really know our stuff and we've studied this for so long to know that they come to my office and they want to lose weight but i don't know anything about them do they have diabetes do they have high blood pressure what's their weight goal how, you know, I need to know more. So therefore, I say to them, I would love to hear more from you. You know, let's schedule an appointment so I can get a better understanding of where you're coming from. And I get a full assessment that takes at minimum 45 minutes. Yeah. And then I can provide them with some guidelines. But then a lot of people don't want to wait for that. They don't want to, they don't have the patience to sit down, explain. They just want the paper. They want that person. They think they do at least. They want that person over here that is just tells them everything to do so that it takes the guesswork yeah, out of it. Yeah. You know, well, you worked hard to get where you're at. I worked really hard to get where I'm at. Yeah. Anybody that wants real results that are going to last needs to work at it. And it doesn't have to be hard, but it has to be consistent and deliberate and it has to be coming from them. So as a dietitian, I work more as a facilitator with a nutrition expertise and guidance, but mm. I don't ever and i mean literally ever i have not just given a handout and said go home never because that's not i don't believe in that no yeah yeah power to you i mean i 100 percent agree it, 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 it's it's uh i think that to give someone a handout right like a handout like to give someone just like a paper for like a diet program right is mm -hmm is not taking into account like that person's individual needs and the psychology of why they are where they are at. And not only yeah. that, but that person is continuing to operate under the assumption that they can just fix things if they just change a few things. If they mm -hmm. look for a quick fix, if they look for a quick solution to this lifelong problem. When I have people mm -hmm. come in, uh, you know, same thing. I have people who sometimes come in and they go, Hey, when can I get in shape? I have this thing coming up in two, you know, in, in a month. And I'm like, okay, let's, yeah. let's, let's, let's <laughs> hold on for a second. That's like, you know, <laughs> yeah, yeah, wait a minute. Hold up. So like, you know, when's the last time you worked out? And the person's like, I haven't worked out in like 10 years, you know? And I'm like, okay. And like, you know, did you do any kind of physical activity during that time? You know? And like, you have to be this, like, you know, the way I call it is like, uh, gentle guidance and like creating that's at least that's how I do it it's like gently yeah. being like okay like you know like if you haven't done it in a few years and you haven't you know worked out in a long time you know, it might take a little while but like if we take baby steps right over a certain amount of time and we don't try to do everything at once and fix all of our habits try to fix our nutrition try to fix our workout try to fix our you know everything then we stand a better mm -hmm. shot and um, I think it's all on how you deliver that message. Uh, you know, you know. I think at least that's for me. Would you say that's the case for you? Like how you tell people that? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And some people don't want to hear it, but you know, you do you do the best that you can. 
Yeah, of course. You you do, <laughs> you do the best that you can. So, like, what do you think is the hardest thing that someone faces uh, when they're trying to lose weight? Someone comes into you who has about forty pounds to lose, and um, you know she needs to lose weight. Here, she needs to lose weight. What is the biggest challenge that they face? The biggest challenge is lack of support. Really? Yeah. Really? So. I think that it's if they had a partner, if their if their spouse wanted to be healthy and was on the same track as them, it would be easier. If they joined, like I know you have a great team, like where you you have a gym where people feel like a family. Yes, people need to be a part of something like a big a community to feel like they matter. At a certain point, in the beginning, I would say. Once you get to a more advanced level, that's where you could get, give, you know, to be honest, at this point, I've been doing this for almost 15 years. You can give me a handout. I'll follow the nutrition plan and I'll do the workouts. Like, yeah. Because at this point, when you get to, you, you realize that this is part of my lifestyle. This is who I am. I just want to keep bettering myself. It's totally different from someone who's just starting out. Yes. And when yes. you're just starting out, you need that support system. So whether it's weekly check-ins with your dietitian, whether yes. it's being a part of a gym that has that group community feel, um, whether it's having, you know, doing it with, you know, making sure you communicate to your family members that I'm really serious about wanting to lose this weight. So I would really appreciate you not tempting me with these cakes and cookies and things. I'm, I really want to do this. You know, that's really a big part of it. You know, because at the end of the day, if you don't have that support system, then you really can only blame yourself. And, like, how much does that feel like crap? Yeah. <laughs> like, it's my fault. Like, you know? Yeah. So if you have the support system and you're, you're ready to make the changes, it becomes much easier, I think. Yeah, I agree with you. I, I agree with you. And I think that, like, um, you know, Seneca, I don't know how familiar you are with Stoic, like, philosophy. Um, but Seneca talks a little bit about how um, he, there are 10 reasons why you'll make it through life never having accomplished your goals. And one of them is, I think it's like number seven, it's self-imposed servitude to thankless people. So doing things for people, eating that food with your sister who wants to go out, you know, and, you know, just, you know, trash your diet that you've worked so hard to put together. Um, constantly like going out with the partner or the friend who wants you to eat differently and is like, hey, do this, do that, even though you've told them is very self-sabotaging to you. So it's so important, I think, for you to make sure that you find people who are going to agree with your path and also that you are clear with the people in your life that this is your goal. Um, you know, uh, I, I would definitely agree with that. I think that the, the, the friend thing is really important. Having a sense of community with other people who can understand it would make a difference. And I would say that's what happens at my place here. So like given that you work one-on-one -on -one with people, how do you help foster that sense of community? Is it more so that you tell your client to be more clear and explicit with their um, partners and with their friends? You try to get their partners and friends to jump on the bandwagon with them. What are your recommendations, I guess? Um, so, well, so, so part of working with me, they have that support. So it doesn't always have to be a complete group support, but they definitely yeah. have, you know, they have me like, on a daily basis, they communicate with me and we have the weekly check-ins. But I do also encourage people, like I know, like one of my clients loves kickboxing, to go into the kickboxing classes. She feels like it's a family community mm -hmm. thing. So I've encouraged her to, you know, use that, to do that as most of the time where you work out. Like if you have to work out at home, sometimes fine, but that's when you really work your hardest. That's when you enjoy, that's when you're smiling, that's when you're happy. And that translate into better, that, that her dinner, you know, she makes better dinner choices. And I've seen that. So certain people, it, it's, I just try to have them find it within their own community. And yes, 150%, I make them communicate to their family members that, you know, this is what I'm going to do. Or I, the, some family members are not easy to no. work with. And yeah. I've had, also I have clients who, you know, if it's, Unfortunately, um, you know, even if the person's losing weight, they're seeing for me for weight loss and they're losing weight, maybe it's not at the pace that their mother thinks is the right pace. Yes. You know, and therefore they make negative comments. And in situations like that, I might talk to my client and I usually tell them, you know what, this is when you need to be silent. 
this is when you need to not respond to that. Thank you. You know, and this is when we need to um, just, like, trust that this is working for you because before your mom got involved, you were just explaining to me how great you felt and how proud you are of yourself. Yes, yes. So you can't let other people take that away from you. No, no, you can't. It's I have a word for it. I say I, I don't seek the approval of people who don't understand my plan or my goals. And yeah. and like that's something that we, we say here a lot. It's um the idea that like not everybody's going to understand what you're doing and why you're doing it. And not only that, they're not in your situation. So they're not talking to Tony. They don't know what's supposed to be going on. This person is just hopping online. They're seeing random people losing all this weight in commercials on TV. They don't know how they're doing it or whether it's not they're healthy. And then they're staring at you and they're being kind of judgmental and putting you down. And really, like that says a lot about that person. So like what I personally tell people is roughly what you said, I say, you know, you communicate with them, you tell them, hey, like, you know, this is my thing and like, you know, I'd like it if you accepted it and you supported me. And then if the person after that says, uh, you know, continues to kind of be mean or rude about what you're doing, then at that point I just tell them, I was like, can we, I personally say this and maybe you have a different opinion. Um, you know, I say something along the lines of, you know, like, wait, wait, wait. I say, I say at that point you just plead the fifth. So like if somebody keeps bothering you about it or saying anything like that, oh no, you say, you say, <laughs> I'm getting twisted up here. You tell them it's like, Hey, like, could you please stop talking about my goals? Like, this is what I'm doing. Like, this is important to me. Can we just let this go? And if the person at that point doesn't respect it, you plead the fifth. So when they bring it up, you just say, no, I'm good. Like, that's all you have to say is like two words. I'm good. When someone okay. wants to tempt you at something or when somebody puts you down about your not losing weight quick enough, you know, um, that's what I say is just say, I'm good. And then, you know, that those are my recommendations. Right? Yeah. 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 It's, it's not it's not easy. Like I'm not gonna sit here and uh, healthy lifestyle is easy, especially because a majority of the population in the United States is not healthy. <laughs> so when you go towards being healthy, you become kind of like the minority. Yes. You're, you're you're it's actually harder on this side. Not gonna lie, it's much harder on this side. <laughs> Because now you have to kind of even live up to it, and not everybody understands you, like we were just saying. And the people, the, another thing that people, the reason why people self-sabotage subconsciously when they get close to their goal is because people start to treat them differently, and they are like, how do I deal with this? You know, when people start to treat you differently for losing weight, you then feel like, oh, God, now I have to gain the weight back. Not even if you intentionally are doing it, subconsciously, that is most likely what happens when people get closer to their goal. There's a fear there, a discomfort there. Uh, oh my gosh, I'm being seen or I'm being noticed or people are um, no longer you know, treating me the way they used to and this is uncomfortable. And that's when people usually go back. Really? So you find that the, you know, I... I've heard things about that, but you, you find that that's a catalyst for people to want to kind of like drop what they were doing because they feel strange or uncomfortable about the attention that they're getting. Is that what you're saying? Sometimes. Yeah. Sometimes. That's interesting. I've heard like, I've heard in interviews with people who undergo like a lot of weight loss, like a hundred pounds is that suddenly like a hundred pounds, 150 pounds, that suddenly they are treated way, way different. You know, it's oh, like culturally okay. like they're treated like, and I can it's attest. Totally different. Yeah, yeah. Like, you know, they suddenly people find them more, you know, people are friendlier to them. People look at them more. You know, I've heard women say, like, men open doors for me, like all these things. You know, they get, you know, asked on dates, things like this that they didn't used to get. And it changes their perspective of other people. Um, and for the person who was, let's say, somebody who was very, very overweight, they a lot of times end up resenting people because they feel like, whoa, like I was being treated, I'm being treated nicer now that I look better. Like, why weren't people treating me this nicely when I was the way I was before? Right. So, yeah, I can see how that would be difficult. So, my next question for you is, um, you know. You know, and this is something that I've been thinking about a lot here when I've talked to people is this idea of, you know, health and what does it mean to be healthy? What does it mean to be healthy to you? That's a big question. Yeah. Yeah. 
Huh. Well, like anything, I think it's relative to the person. Okay. Um, definitely, health is mental, physical, the whole thing. It's not just physical. But if I'm going to talk physical health, I'm going to say that the person is, you know, doesn't have any medical conditions that are related to. I'm going to talk really to nutrition. So like chronic diseases, things like diabetes, high blood pressure, high cholesterol, you know, um, being overweight or obese is a precursor for a lot of those illnesses. So, you know, being at a healthy weight would, would make that they're healthy. But I mean, you can, you can be overweight and healthy. Mm -hmm. Can you be obese and healthy? Not really because obesity is considered a medical condition. Um, but then you have, then you go into the whole BMI scale and all that stuff. Yeah. (laughs) See, like that's where things get really, really, really tricky because, you know, there's some people, you know, in, in the body positivity movement that are overweight and have a little bit to love. And there's some people who have a lot to love. And I'm not saying this to, to put any single body type down. I'm simply saying this to kind of like clarify with somebody with your, your background, you know, is, you know, what. At what weight would you not be considered healthy? Uh, you know, what, what is that? What constitute like when you say obese? What does that mean? What is what does it so mean to be obese? Is a BMI, obesity is a BMI thirty or more, okay. and then there's B, then there's your different classes of obesity. Um, so, but it, it could be relative to the person. So, like if this person grew up and their BMI was like thirty five most of their life, and now they're at thirty. And they maybe were once pre-diabetic, and now they're no longer at risk for diabetes. You know, I mean, they can technically, and they eat healthy, exercise regularly, and this is where their body ends up at. You know, then then they're healthy. But I think that I guess you know what it is. This is how I'm going to answer this. Yeah. You are healthy when you are eating healthy regularly and exercising, have a regular exercise regimen, and are a clear bill of health and you're happy and you have like good mental health as well then you're healthy mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. the whole that sound fair? yes that sounds fair yeah because because i genuinely think that if it is someone who is you know more on the closer to the morbidly obese or just obese obese side right yeah so say they're at like their bmi is 34 um I don't believe that they're really doing everything that they can be doing for their health in the sense of eating right and exercising regularly. But then if they were, their weight would be a little bit less. Yes. Does that yes. make sense? Yeah, I understand. It, it makes complete sense. And it is, it's almost... It's hard. It's hard to say because the health is really like if you're out of the hospital, you're healthy or are you? Or are you? Because do you have high blood sugars going on in your body and you don't know? You know, we don't. It's really hard. That's a hard one to answer. Well, yeah, too. And it's also like, you know, another way to think about it. And I was telling someone this because I get I get clients all the time who tell me that they eat healthy. Um, they don't understand why they're still overweight. And I tell them, I'm mm. like, you know. That's what I was saying. I went to, yeah. Yeah, yeah. It's like, it's like, you know, like you can still be overweight and eat healthy. You're just, and from what I understand, it's that you're eating too much, you know, or you're eating well, too yeah, many so of the wrong that's macros. Actually, that's actually like how I was until to, to be honest like because I started my own journey and then I went to school to be a dietitian and I kind of experimented with different diets just to see because I was like if I have a client who's a vegetarian I should be a vegetarian so I know if I have a client who's a vegan I so I did all the diets that I learned about in school <laughs> <laughs> I did it all and like I then I finally found you know I was I considered myself like a flexitarian. I kind of yeah. like melded it all together, yeah, yeah. and so whatever I did all that. But at the end of the day, so yes, I was healthy. I never had any medical conditions, but I'm still technically overweight. However, I will say this: my body fat percentage has gone significantly down, and now I eat proper portions, and now my energy is better. Like I feel healthy. Like whereas before, I was definitely healthy, even though I was overweight. <laughs> um, but I wasn't like healthy. Like, does that make sense? No, I know. There's a difference. Be- it's like there's a difference between making healthy decisions and healthy eating choices, and you physically being healthy. You know, yeah, it's like, all yeah, 
Yeah, exactly. And and so sometimes someone will say like, oh, like so-and-so is so healthy, you know, because Karen always shows up in the office eating salads, you know, but like you don't really know what Karen's yeah. doing any other time. Like it's not – Yeah, it's like, exactly. You it's know, what you do – it's what you do 80 to 90% of the time that's going to de- determine your health. Yeah, yeah, precisely. Um, you know, I'm glad you, you're kind of like clearing that up even though it's almost like an unclear topic to even have or an unclear conversation. Fun fact. I will throw in a fun no, fact. No, please, please. Uh, there's, a, there's a study. There's studies done on sumo wrestlers. Please. And yeah. sumo wrestlers technically are really healthy. Like if you go break, if you look at their body fat, they have more, uh, they have less visceral fat, meaning it's not surrounding their organs and their tissues in a way that's da- damaging to them. They have, they have the, there's like white fat and there's brown fat. I don't know if you know about that, but. Basically, they have the healthy fat surrounding their, their organs and their tissues, even though they're morbidly obese. And and would you say that – what's the reason for that? I have my own theory. Well, they, they train like seven to eight hours a day like any athlete does, and they eat abundant but a lot of healthy food, but they eat in abundance. So like you could argue that someone who is morbidly obese can be healthy, but it's it's rare. Yeah, yeah, I see what you're saying. You see that same thing kind of in the strongman community. So like strong yeah. men, like the people who pick up like yeah. barrels and like, you know, yeah. heavy ass trucks and yeah. and stuff like that. Yeah. There are strong men in the strongman community who eat whatever just to keep size. And then there are strong men in the strongman community who work with bodybuilders, who teach them how to eat healthy so they can sustain the size that they have on their yeah. body and not be unhealthy and be sick and have bad um, high cholesterol and all this stuff. Yeah. Yeah. Totally. Yeah. It's, uh, it's, it's, it's crazy. I hadn't heard the thing about the sumo wrestlers, it, but it doesn't surprise me because of the strongman stuff. Like, so I can kind of see how that is, but it just shows people like the variation of like all the different options, you know, like that. So you, many. Yeah. So it's, 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 it's astounding. Um, so then that kind of answers my question of like, if you can be healthy at any weight is what you're saying. Well, not at any weight is what I'm hearing. Like you can't be healthy at any yeah. weight, but you, you're saying that you can't be healthy at any weight, right? There's, you can't be healthy at all yeah. weights. No, because then you also too, uh, being underweight is unhealthy as well. We didn't even talk about that. Yeah. And so like, what's the prevalence of that? And- well, so the not not many people are underweight. However, yeah. it's more stronger in the in the um, elderly community. But to be honest, from the last the last study I read, it was only two percent of Americans are underweight. Two yeah. percent. And but no, go 60, ahead. almost seven sixty eight percent of us are overweight or obese. Yeah. You know, so mo- a lot of people aren't underweight, but it, but being underweight me- usually means that they're malnourished, so they're not getting enough nutrition in their body. Um, so therefore they could develop, you know, different deficiencies and illnesses, but you could be overweight and be malnourished as well. Mm -hmm. Um, what I would, what I will say is I think a good indicator of your health is more of your body fat percentage for your height and weight, because I know plenty of people who are at a healthy weight, but their body fat is way higher than it's supposed to be for their height and their, Mm. and their, Mm -hmm. um, their height and their age and their weight. And that's not good because you're not supporting your organs and your tissues to function as they're supposed to be. So that's where you can get someone who is at a normal weight. It's not as common, but you do get people who are at a normal weight to have high cholesterol. Yes, yes, no. And and for me, I actually see it more frequently than not because I do test people's body fat percentage. And so like – and you know, I, I hope I'm not sounding derogatory by using this word, but you know, I mean – I think we've all heard the word skinny fat. So, you know, yeah. essentially you see somebody who looks like thin, right? But they have, they carry a lot of body fat on their body. And so right. their whole life, strong. yeah, they're not strong. They have like next to no muscle mass. So their whole life they've lived this life where people are like, oh, you know, look at Cheryl. Cheryl is so skinny or like, you know, this guy is so skinny. But in reality, the person as a result of being thin and carrying high body fat percentage can run into other issues because it's not manifesting itself physically. So the person who's overweight, you know, you can visibly see that that person could potentially have heart issues or diabetes, right? But somebody who's thin might go for years and years and years never getting proper testing, anything like that, because they're simply 
not aware that they are unhealthy. I mean, oh, I guess unhealthy, but like that they're not in good health. And then right. pop, you know, they have a heart attack or something like that. Um, mm -hmm. You know, I've had, you know, I've literally had women in our community here tell me, um, you know, I'm too skinny. And when we take their body fat percentage, you know, and I'm looking at her and it's not my right to talk about someone else's body, but I'm thinking in my head, I'm like, well, you, you look pretty thin, you know? So like, what would make you think that you, I mean, you look healthy. What would make you think that you need to lose weight? And then when we get down to like looking at their numbers and their body fat percentage, the body fat percentage is like well above like the, the national average, you know, like it's like somebody who's almost like in the thirties and things like that. Would that be considered, um, unhealth, uh, going towards the unhealthy range when you start to get into the thirties? Um, it depends on their height and weight. So it depends on it. There's a, there's a skit. It depends on your age. Yes. There's we use that. Mean. Yeah. So it depends on the person's height, weight and age. So th some people at some people, if they're in, I can't, I don't have the chart in front of me. I, I go by the chart. Uh, that's, that's okay. But yeah. I read the chart. Yeah, but like 30% for a woman in like their 50s, I think is fine. But I don't know. <laughs> no. I need the chart in front of me. I need it in front of me too. I use it when I do my consult <laughs> consultations. Because sometimes I get somebody whose body fat percentage is really, really high and they don't understand because of what we're taught in culture about lifting weights and about women's bodies, um, that they, you know, instead of going the cardio route, maybe they should do some strength training to help lower that body fat percentage, that whole old story. But we'll move on from there. Um, do you have, um, you know, any thoughts about like a crash diet and what constitutes a crash diet? What What is a crash diet for people, uh, my listeners at home? A crash diet, is I think of the term fad diet. A crash diet and a fad diet, it's anything you're gonna do temporarily to produce quick results. Okay. The problem with crash diets and fad diets is they don't last because they're usually unrealistic and unsustainable and they'll probably work initially and maybe it might be used as a catalyst and a jumpstart to get you towards healthier eating but at the end of the day, you're going to need to learn how to eat and you're going to learn, need to learn how to change your behaviors. So if anything sounds too good to be true and if it seems completely outside of your comfort zone, probably a crash diet or a fad diet for you. So, so that being said, like what would healthy weight loss look like? How much, how much should somebody be losing a week? Somebody who's... Uh, about one, one to two pounds a week usually. Okay. Um, as you get closer to your goal, it depends how much weight you have to lose. You know, as you get closer to your goal, it might even be a half a pound to a pound a week, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. depending on how much. But a pound, a week, because if you're doing it in a healthy way and you're exercising as, yes. well, as, as well, then you could be also gaining more muscle. Your body is in a healthy state of stress. Um, you know, you're, you're adjusting to a new way of eating. You're probably eating more food than you did before if you're choosing healthier options. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Um, there's a lot that's going on in your body, so it's not going to all come off at one time. Mm -hmm. But if you do a crash diet, then it's mostly water weight that you're losing. And then what ends up happening is, if, especially if it's like something that has low, like a very calorically deficit, meaning like you're not getting a lot of calories at all. So for the women, 1,200 calories or less, not good. For the men, 1,500 calories or less, not good. When you get to those ranges, it starts to pull from the muscle. Yeah, and that's Which where... Say that again? I mean, I wouldn't want that. I want, I want to be strong. <laughs> yeah. I said, well, I wouldn't want that. I want to be strong. <laughs> yeah. 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 It starts to pull from your muscle and you start to feel sick. You start to feel fatigued. You start to feel other problems in your body, hormonal issues and stuff like that when you, you start to see. You perform as well. You what? Like, you, you can be able to perform as well. Like, mm -hmm. if you're, like, taking a, you know, a CrossFit class or a high-intensity workout mm -hmm. or even mm -hmm. just, like, Basic day-to-day -day functions, it's going to be exhausting on less than 1,200 calories a day. Yep, yep, I agree. And, you know, that being said, what baby steps do you recommend a person take when they're trying to lose weight? When someone when someone first, uh, let's say that someone, you know, can't necessarily, like, afford to work with someone like you or I. Where, mm -hmm. what do you, what do you recommend that, that someone do, like, right from the beginning? I, I ask them to 
I ask them what do they think they need to change, and usually they're pretty on target. They might it might be drink more water, it might be eat more vegetables. I usually have them work on one behavior. It might be eat breakfast, you know, um, nighttime snacking. There's definitely there's a ton of different things that someone might need to work on. So I let it come from them and have them stick to and commit to that one thing. Like you're not making an excuse for that. It's totally different than yes. doing a whole diet and like not making an excuse. No, I'm just asking you for one week or one month, whatever how long it takes yes. to if your if your goal is drink eight glasses of water a day, you're drinking eight glasses of water every day, no exceptions. Yeah, yeah, we were talking you commit about this. to one thing. That builds momentum mm-hmm. and then it leads to another step and another change they can make. Yes. Oh my God. Yes. I'm always preaching about yeah. this. Uh, yeah. We were, we were talking about this in, in the <laughs> habit psychology. They call it habit stacking. Um, you pick one thing, just like you were saying, and you do it for a given amount of time before trying something else. Um, you know, unfortunately, what what happens most of the time is that people want to do everything at the same time, and you can't fix everything. You know, these are undoubtedly habits that you've been carrying around with you for years. You know, it didn't happen overnight. Um, so, so picking yeah. out that one thing and then working on it and then being like, Hey, I got the water thing down, <laughs> you know, now I think I'll do the throw a little bit extra broccoli and have a few less of this or, you know, one less soda a week. Yeah. You know, it sounds so basic that I think some people don't like that message, but it really is where people should start in my opinion as well. Yeah. Awesome. Yeah. So, you know, I guess, uh, Tony, we're, we're about thank to run out of so time much. here. Yeah. Um, yeah. Thank you so much. It's been a real yeah. pleasure. I just want to take us through a lightning round real quick. I'm just going to ask you some quick questions. All right. And to wrap okay. everything up. Uh, all right. So, Tony, right. Uh, let's go ahead and start off. Any book recommendations that you have for my guests? Anything. It can be any. It can be a fiction book, any, anything, comic book, anything, anything you like to read. It doesn't have to. It doesn't have to have value, and it, it could be a goosebumps book. <laughs> well, no, I do have. I really do. Have, where is it? Oh God, it's a really good book. I just finished. It's it. okay. I'm trying to find it in here, but it's not here. Um. All right, I'm not gonna say that one because I can't think of a name, and I'm really upset right now. But I, when I, I, to be honest, right now I read more magazines than ever. Okay. Um. Actually, can I do audiobooks? Yes, yes, please. That's what I don't even. Okay. I don't. I don't read. I, I listen to all my books. Oh, okay. Because yeah. I only listen to audio. Perfect. Uh, Mel Robbins, the five second rule. Mel Mel Robbins, right. the five second rule. Okay. All right. I'll have to listen yeah, to it. When I, you really want to change behaviors. When you really want to change behaviors. Awesome. Yeah. Okay. All right. All right. So, um, coffee or tea? Coffee. Coffee, okay. All How, the coffee. <laughs> you, you, what was that about coffee? All the coffee. All the coffee. coffee okay, all right. So that being said, uh, what is your Starbucks order? Go. Okay, so it, I drink my coffee black, but if you're asking me what my favorite Starbucks order would be, I'm going to be honest. <laughs> I, if I were to treat myself, yeah. it'd be like iced coffee with... Um, caramel syrup and um, like a little bit of almond milk. Oh, it sounds delicious. <laughs> yeah, I love caramel and I love ca- caramel with coffee. So yeah, but usually I drink my coffee black. Perfect. With our... some ground cinnamon, which is a nice tip for you all that are trying to cut back on the sugar in your coffee. Throw some ground cinnamon in there. It tastes sweet, but there's no sugar and it's, it's enjoyable. That is my exact beverage. Uh, I do it with uh, ground cinnamon, uh, black. Well, I add a little bit of almond milk, but I add stevia. That's that's my difference. The only difference uh, okay. is I add a little bit of stevia. Yeah. Well, Tony, where can people find you? You can find me on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, or YouTube, or you can go to my uh, website, tipswithtony.com. That's Tony with an I. And you can also uh, send me any emails. Uh, you send me an email if you have any questions, tipswithtony at gmail.com. And then I also have the podcast, Tips with Tony. Awesome. <laughs> so I'm going to post a link for all of my followers here on the Total Body Training Podcast to all of your uh, stuff <laughs> when we post okay. this so that yeah. they can all see it. Hey, it's been a real pleasure. Thank you so much for uh, speaking with me here. 
My pleasure. Thank you so much. Yeah. Thanks. Okay. So we're done there. We're done. Awesome. Um, hey, Tony. Oh, great. Yeah. Yeah. Thank you. <laughs> I really appreciate it. You have a really good vibe and a good energy. Thank you so much. Yeah. Honestly, yeah. like if I if I lived in the same like place as you, like like here, um, we want to eventually have somebody just like you on staff. Like that's a part of like my dream, you know. That's, okay. Well, I could reach out to some like the entrepreneur dietitian group and see if there's anyone near you. Oh, cool. Yeah, I mean, if you have somebody you recommend, please. Yeah. Yeah, I, sure. I don't know, but I can find out. Awesome. So this is what I'm going to do for you. Um, I'm going to get all your stuff because I already follow you. So I'll just make sure to post links to all that. I'm going to look at what this all – let me stop this uh, recording right here.